What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek alongside Devin Bernstein, and we're back once again. Championship round of the NFL playoffs is upon us this Sunday. That should be super exciting. We got some coaching news. Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. We're going to break that down, as well as another big week in the NBA. Joel Embiid, 70 points. I think only the ninth player all time to do so. Pretty remarkable. Um, So we're going to touch on that as well as the latest from the NBA. The Knicks have been surging and playing really well. They've been fun to watch. So a lot to talk about. But we are going to kick things off with the NFL playoffs. And we're going to recap the divisional round. It was a great, uh, you know, for the most part, a great set of games. You know, I think compared to the wild card round, some more competitive ones, that's for sure. Um, The first one, however, not so competitive. It was competitive till half, I guess. But the Ravens pulled through in the end. They went 34 to 10 over the Texans. I mean, incredible season for uh, for Stroud and them boys. But at the end of the day, Lamar and this Ravens offense, just too much, as well as the defense. I mean, the defense really shut down Stroud in this offense, specifically in the second half. Your thoughts, Dev, on this one overall? Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say about the Texans, like just clearly a bit overmatched here. Um, they're going to be great next season. You know, they... They're going to re-sign Nico Collins, I bet. They have some money to play with outside of that. I bet they're so, they're going to go add another guy or two, and then they're probably going to draft well, too, because I'm starting to get really confident in this front office and coaching staff to be able to draft and develop players well and sign good players. Um, So that's really all I have to say about them. And as for the Ravens, I mean, this defense, I, I believe Marlon Humphrey was out, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And they gave up three points like i mean the 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 texans scored on a a punt return but other than that they scored three points so i mean this is just incredible i mean the defense isn't that talented i mean like like you know roquan smith is a beast patrick queen's a good player kyle hamilton's a beast humphrey when when healthy is a good player they have some good players on the d line but like you look at the edge group, it's like it's Kyle Van Noy and and Jadevian Clowney. Like they're making like they're they're getting such good production out of kind of scrappy players. And, you know, that just suggests to me that it's going to be really sustainable on the defensive side of the ball. And you have Lamar, who's. I think pretty year in, year out, a top five quarterback when he's healthy. Um mm. So I'm really confident that the Ravens are going to be good going forward past this year as well as, you know, the rest of this year. Um, yeah, just an incredible performance by the defense. Lamar was great. He had, you know, 100 rushing yards, two touchdowns. I love when we get to the playoffs and teams are like, yeah, let's run our quarterback 15 times. Like, it's getting serious. I like it. Like, like seriously, I mean, I get why they don't do it in the regular season. Um I get why, you know, it's it, it, the injury risk and whatever. But in, once the playoffs starts, it's like, yeah, we're running you 15 times a game, Lamar. And it's it's awesome because he's just so freaking good at it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it more with the predictions, but I'm I'm really high on this Ravens team. How about you, Griff? Yeah, I mean, they they played a heck of a game. You know, I just look back to week one, you know, this Ravens defense in their two games they played did not allow an offensive touchdown to uh to the Texans. They gave up three field goals that first game. 
obviously Stroud's first game in the NFL. So, you know, take what you want out of that. But, you know, in his last game of the season, they, they locked him up. So, you know, great defense, but obviously Lamar, I think is, you know, the story, obviously, you know, going to win the MVP, it seems. And, you know, he's just not making mistakes right now. I mean, at the end of the day, you look at the passing yards and sure, he only threw for 152 yards, but like you said, he ran for a hundred, you know, and this team for years has now been built on the run. And I mean, you look at their total yards on the ground, 229, like, you know, that's pretty impressive. Like this team can really run the ball up there with the best of them, even though, you know, they're running back, you know, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, like neither of these guys are, you know, superb and Dalvin Cook, I guess they brought in too. But, um, you know, these guys aren't, you know, you know, the, the best of the best at the running back position, but they get the job done at the end of the day. So they've done a great job with what they've had on offense. Mark Andrews is going to be back this week, which, you know, obviously who knows what level of production, you know, is he a hundred percent? Is he not, um, you know, who knows, but that's still big for them. Likely he's really played well in his absence. So, you know, I think the, uh, the start, the future is absolutely bright for Baltimore and this is the best chance they've had in, you know, a long time, especially with this core at, uh, at reaching a Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I got to say on that. I mean, great season from the Texans. Like we said, they'll be back and, um, you know, so far they haven't lost their offensive coordinator, uh, Bobby Slowick yet. Slowick, Slowick, one of the two. Slowick, I think. I think. Slowick, Bobby Slowick, um, which, you know, if they don't lose him, that would also be huge. Obviously it seems like he'll get a head coaching job eventually, but just another year to have Stroud, you know, not lose his offensive coordinator after one year would be, I think, great for his development. So, you know, Texans fans can kind of cling to that with only a few jobs left up for grabs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Moving on to the second game on Saturday, um, Packers-Niners. It was 24-21 to the Niners. You know, a really good game. Um, The Packers, you know, it was one of those games where it felt like the Packers played about as well as they could have and the Niners played close to as badly as they could have as well as dealing with a Debo injury. Um, You know, the one thing I will say about the Niners is it does feel like whenever they lose one of their guys, their offense gets really, really, really bad compared to like how it should be. Maybe that's just a testament to how good those guys are, especially Debo and McCaffrey. Like Debo is, you know, a dual faceted kind of a, a positionless type player. Like there's not many guys like Debo. Like we hear every year, it's like, you know, you could use this guy in the Debo role and then either they become a, a true good receiver or they kind of flame out because no one else can do it like like Debo. I mean, there's a few guys who are great after the catch, but no one does it with like the power and vision and balance that Debo has, which are all running back skills, which is very impressive. Um, but like I said, like the the Packers played really well and the Niners didn't, and the Niners still found a way to win, which is very impressive. Um, you know, this is the this is the reality of of a one game play and. I am not advocating for more than a one game playoff in the NFL. That would be ridiculous. I'm just saying that, that one would be, of the... that would be chaos. I don't even know how that works. Like exactly. Play, it would like... be like it would yeah, it wouldn't even make any sense at all remotely. And the players would probably be dead by the end of the season. Um but um I, I'm just saying that one of the things of a one game playoff, a winning out or winning in, is you you can have a bad game like 
in the regular season, but you cannot do that in the playoffs or you got to find a way to win. And that's an important thing to do. And the Niners were able to do that. Um, it looks, my guess is that Debo is going to play this week. Again, we'll get into it more with the predictions, but I don't know how much that's going to matter. I just think it's going to be really tough for the Lions to stop this Niners offense, no matter what. Um, even if they're able to put up some points, which I, I would maybe doubt, but this Niners team, as much as I hate to say it, is really, you know, they look primed for a Super Bowl. It's not often you get a collection of this much talent on one team. Kind of feels like the Eagles had last year. Um, You know, like a Chase Young is almost certainly not going to be back. You know, you're probably yeah. not going to get 17 game seasons out of an aging McCaffrey Kittle and semi-injury prone Debo. Ayuk has a contract coming up. Trent Williams is getting up there in age. You're going to have to pay Purdy at some point in, in the pretty distant future. Like, I, you know, this isn't to hate on the Niners. I'm just saying I, I, I think that this is the type of season that's not just going to be – it's not going to be easy to be this good again. And if you don't yeah. win a Super Bowl, it's hard to win a Super Bowl with a slightly worse team. Um, yeah. So, it, it, you know, it's possible. I don't, I don't think last year was the best iteration of the Chiefs we'd seen, but – you know, they and they still found a way to win, but they also have Patrick freaking Mahomes. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to say. Um, those are most of my thoughts on that game. Uh, sucks that the Packers couldn't pull this out. Their future is is like the Texans really bright. I think they have the youngest team in the NFL. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, the youngest ever team to make the playoffs. I think that that got floated around there somewhere. Um you know, kind of a random step, but the, it just goes to show there's a lot of young talent on this team. They fired Joe Barry, who I, I've said for a long time is not a good defensive coordinator. And, you know, that's kind of the ideal outcome because he was so bad that when the Packers season was looking bleak, it was like, OK, at least they'll fire Joe Barry. Um, and they made it all the way to the divisional round and still fired Joe Barry. So feels like they're going to get improved on defense besides any roster improvements or just in in-house you know development that goes on and this offense looked really good i think they could use maybe a true number one receiver um Definitely. but they don't need it i mean this offense looked very functional without it Jaden reed looks like he's at least going to be a good number two piece um, and the rest of these guys look like solid starters. So uh, it's similar to the Texans, but the future is really looking up for them. Um, and next year, they're not going to pay love a huge amount yet. Same thing with Stroud for the next three years. Like for these two teams next year and the years after that, it, you know, that's the time to win historically in the NFL um, is when the quarterback is still cheap, but really good. Um, yeah. I kind of went on for a while there, so I'll let you talk about this one. No, you're good. Um, yeah, real quick on the Packers, I think, you, you know, you said it best, you know, really good season for them. It looked down for a while. They figured it out. Jordan Love looks like he's going to be a great player. You know, he did have that really bad interception, you know, as the last start of the game. You know, it's going to happen with these young players. You know, that's why you rarely see a rookie, you know, or a young player, you know, reach the, the conference championship or even Super Bowl. Um, you know, it's just these learning curve, you know, it's, it's things like that happen in the big moment, you know, especially for a guy like Jordan Love, you know, he came from Utah state, like he's not used to playing big football games at the end of the day. So this is still new to him. Um, 
super encouraging year. The Packers are going to be great for a while. Like you said, great, you know, young receiving core. I do think they need a number one. I don't think any of those guys, maybe one will, will break out. I mean, they got a bunch, but you know, they do need a, to compete for a Super Bowl. I think you do need a true number one at the end of the day. Um, you know, Jair could be gone though, which will be interesting. Like he posted kind of a cryptic, uh, Instagram post thanking, you know, the fans. Thank you, Lambo. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Packers, bright future, though. That division is, I mean, it, it's going to be a bloodbath for, for the next 10 years. I mean, there's a lot of great young talent there. For the 49ers, um, yeah, like you said, like it wasn't their best performance, but they kind of figured it out. Um, Purdy didn't play his best game. You know, the Purdy, Brock Purdy hate is, it's really strong. Like it is, it's up there with like, Close to the decade almost at this point. Like, and it's like, I don't get it really. I don't know. Like, I don't, I, Purdy seems like a nice guy. Like, I think it's a really cool story. Like, sure. Like, I guess people got upset that, you know, they put him in the MVP race and they think, you know, he's a game manager or whatever. But it's like, at the end of the day, like, the guy's having success, you know, sure, he's got great weapons, but that's not his fault. Like, He's still a great player. He's still figuring it out. He makes good throws. Um, you know, I don't think he's a superstar quarterback, but at the end of the day, that's not what the Niners necessarily need him to be. So I think, you know, the Brock Purdy hate kind of confuses me. I, I don't really get it. Um, you know, I think what he's done is actually really impressive. You know, he was Mr. Irrelevant at the end of the day. Like, guys, like people, he wasn't a first round selection. Like, this guy has exceeded expectations beyond. San Francisco's wildest dreams. I mean, he's their franchise quarterback now and was the last pick in the draft. I mean, that's like some Kurt Warner shit, like literally, like he he's basically undrafted. Um, so I don't know, a little rant there. I, I like Brock Purdy. I think this Niners team, like you said, super talented. Um, you know, they didn't really rush the passer as well as they probably could have. I mean, they had zero sacks. So, um, you know, with that defensive line, you really expect that number to be higher. And they're going against, you know, arguably the NFL's best offensive line this week in Detroit. So that's going to be a really fun battle, a uh, key matchup in that one. Um, Debo getting hurt, you know, yeah, it, it sucks. You know, it seems like he'll play, like you said, but, like, obviously you never know with these things. Sometimes it's weird. So we'll see. Good win, though, for the Niners. I think it's good that they face some adversity early on, especially off the bye, um, you know, just kind of getting right back in the uh, – the swing of things, I mean, at the end of the day, we kind of talked about it last week, but that was like the first game they kind of played in like three weeks, really, because, you know, some of the guys were hurt. You had the bye. They were resting week 18. So, you know, it was the first game for a lot of those guys for a while. So, um, you know, I think they'll be good to go this week against Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're, you're ready to move on, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um... Yeah, next game, another good one. Uh Bucks Lions 31-23 game where we saw Lions kind of have control for most of it, but the Bucks, you know, they fought hard. Um uh, you know, again on the Bucks, I will say their future doesn't look quite as bright as the uh, first two losing teams we talked about. Um and the main reason isn't even because of the roster talent, it's more about keeping the roster talent together. Um, you have Baker, Antoine Winfield, Mike Evans, and someone else who's very important, I believe, that are up for contracts this season. Um, they don't have the money to keep all of those guys as it is right now. So 
something's going to have to change unless, you know, major restructures are done for a nine and eight team. So, you know, they're kind of in a tough position. It's like you want to keep the band together, but the team's probably not good enough to justify mortgaging your future to do that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what their offseason looks like. It'll be super interesting to see what type of contract Baker gets. My guess yeah. will be something like what Gino got a few years ago. Uh, where he gets a decent amount of money, but not a ton of it's guaranteed, and it's a shorter term deal. Um, about the Lions, like obviously good for them. Like, I, I people, you know, will say like this is their Super Bowl in a mean way, and I, I'm not meaning it in a mean way. Like, this is huge for the Lions. Like, this, I have they ever even made an NFC Championship game? Like, I don't think so. Like, I don't know. I feel like maybe. I don't know, though. Maybe my guess would be they did before the Super Bowl era, but I don't know if they have in the Super Bowl era, which that's fair. Again, yeah. They've never even made a Super Bowl. So regardless, it's insane. This is untested waters for the Lions, basically. Um, And, you know, the offense is just perfect, perfectly play called. You know, everyone is just good enough to make everything work. Gibbs is really good. Amon Ross St. Brown gets open every single play. Uh, Sam Laporta is obviously a beast. He's fighting through some injuries right now, but it didn't really seem to matter. I think he had like eight catches or something like that. Um, Yeah, the Lions offense is really good, and the defense is really mediocre. They haven't given up a lot of rushing yards. They have Aiden Hutchinson, but after that, the positives start to come to a to an end. I think they're pretty well coached. Um, Aleem McNeil's a good player on the inside. You know, you have, you know, Kirby Joseph, who got called a dirty player, but is a pretty good player. CJ Gardner Johnson had a pick. Oh, he's back. Yeah, yeah. Brian Branch. So some solid players, but not this exceptionally talented defense. So I worry about that against the Niners, but obviously a huge win for them. Um, in this city. Yeah, so I looked it up, actually. They had made the NFC Championship in 1992. That was the last time. Um, which is, like, I kind of... I feel like we had been talking about that, like, they hadn't made the playoffs in, like, 50 years or, or won a playoff game. And I guess they changed probably the format, though. Maybe that yeah. was, like... Back then, it was, like, yeah, only, like, two teams made it. So, um, I don't know. But regardless, um, yeah, I mean, for the Bucks, I like the point you bring up about, like, Baker, like, because it's like, yeah, like he had a great season, but it's like, is he going to win you a Super Bowl? Like, probably not. And it's like, it's just, I'm like, I honestly am fascinated by like the middle tier of just these NFL teams that it's just like, why pay these guy when you know it's not going to be good enough? And it's just like, sure, you can compete for a playoff. But it's like, at the end of the day, like, I don't know. It's such a tough balance where it's like, at the end of the day, the goal is to win the championship, but like you don't want to be terrible. So it's like you can be in this middle ground and compete for the playoffs, but then it's like you're not good enough. So you're kind of just wasting time and money. But it's just like it, it's so interesting. And with Baker, I think it's the same thing. Not that this year was like a fluke either, but like his track record the last few years hasn't been great either. So I think you got to keep that in mind. Like, I, I and look at Danny, Danny Dimes, for example. Like, he had a great year, and then this year was a total shit show. And obviously, you know, the weapons in New York and the O-line is much more of a mess than Tampa Bay if that's where Baker ends up staying. But, you know, you just got to keep that in mind. I, I just don't 
I think he's going to get paid. I just don't really feel comfortable with it. I agree, like, a more Geno-type deal has got to make sense. You know, it'll be interesting. Um, look, the Bucks, you know, winning a playoff game, I think, was huge at the end of the day. Like, it was kind of a, a throwaway year for them anyway with them testing it out with Baker, and it ended up working out. So that's good. They lost their offensive coordinator, though, which sucks. Obviously, he's not going to be the, the Panthers head coach. So congrats to him. But, yeah, I don't really got much more to say on the Bucks. Like like you said, like kind of in, in for an interesting offseason. I don't want to see Mike Evans in another uniform. I hope they figure it out with him. But, it, you know, I think a lot of teams are going to be coming from Mike Evans. He proved he's still one of the best in the business. Detroit, um, you know, I think it, they got one of the best, you know, home field advantages in the playoffs that we've seen. You know, it, it was loud there. They That place was rocking and just good vibes. And, you know, Jared Goff itself, Jameer Gibbs is such a stud. Like, they, they've got it figured out offensively. they got a great rhythm, um, especially at home. This team just feels like they groove in the dome. You know, going on the road, though, to San Fran is going to be a battle. It's going to be tough. Um you know, it's not not that it's going to be, you know, cold weather or anything. Obviously, they play in a dome, so they don't play outside as much. But, you know, golf stats on the road aren't as good as they are at home. Uh, San Fran's a different beast than than Tampa Bay. Then uh, who'd they play in the first round? They played L.A. L.A., yeah. I mean, it's a different beast than both those teams at the end of the day. Like, it, it's a different level of talent. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a good game. And regardless, like, you got to be so happy for Lions fans and just the season they've had. It's been a huge accomplishment. And then, you know, this team's not going anywhere. Dan Campbell's not going anywhere. You know, they got their guy in golf. Um, Amon Rod, Jameer Gibbs, Laporta is an incredible young offensive trio. So, um, I mean, incredible season for the Lions. There's no reason why this team shouldn't, you know, rule over the NFC North. We I just talked about how competitive it was, but this Lions team is, is definitely at the top, I think. So, Exciting to watch, um, and I think we got a great game in store for Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to the final game of the day, and then we'll get into our much-awaited outside the arena curse predictions. <laughs> um, we, I'm trying to think where we both on. I think we kind of had this last weekend pretty spot. I know you picked the Bucks. Yeah, I remember that, that. I think we both picked Chiefs, right? Yeah, I think we're. I think you were four for four, and I was three for four. So last week was pretty good, yeah. Yeah, not too bad. Um, maybe yeah, maybe the playoffs is where we shine. <laughs> I think the wild card was low key rough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't yeah. talk about that though. It's divisional round and on. That's where we specialize. Yes, exactly. Um, we took the buy like the Niners, you know. Yeah, yeah, because we're the one seed. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, another great game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Feels like every time these teams play, it's just like haymaker after haymaker um the bills for the most part i mean everyone is making such a big deal of like Diggs being open on that play but like he kind of had a touchdown um it was like the second and nine from around the 30 to khalil shakir khalil shakir yeah yeah. there's like the screenshot where like Diggs was open underneath like yeah like i i did see a video that was like the way the read works on that play like you're just going to be looking at shakir before you're looking at digs and shakir was enough to throw that ball like i don't think you can really overthink it that much what i will say is why are you calling a play to to get in the end zone that quickly when you're you know all that would be doing is giving the ball right back to the chiefs like ideally you would have scored with like 
30 seconds left and just basically left Mahomes no time. Obviously, we've seen him say he needs not <laughs> much time before, but, um, you know, that's just the most reasonable outcome there. Um, so that's that I guess that would be my slight gripe with that, but I don't think that's ultimately what this game came down to. I mean, ultimately, they just missed a kick. Um, and besides that, it really would have likely been whoever got the ball last, which did look like it might have been the Chiefs. But this was a really even game that, you know, both these teams really turned their seasons around Um both it looked really dark for i mean the bills it looked like they weren't even going to make the playoffs and the chiefs just looked really bad the last month and a half two months of the season um so you know props to both these teams i I am a little bit worried about joe brady i don't i think he's better than ken dorsey but i i'm not sure he's the best play caller out there um I don't know. The Bills, they have a lot of aging players on the defense. Von Miller has a lot of issues alongside just not yeah, being good. Just being bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's that's not good. I think he's um, getting cut. Like, I think it's like. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like, 100% yeah. getting cut. Um, But that's a waste of a of a signing, and they're going to have to eat some dead money on that, I'm sure. Um, so, you know, they're going to have to re retool this defense at the very least, and it'll be interesting to see what they look like next year for the chiefs. I mean, they're just inevitable. Mahomes is inevitable. Um, you know, he hasn't faced the best defenses, but he's looked really good these last two weeks with, again, as we've harped on, not the best playmakers. Um, I, I do think Kadarius Tony not being there is helping them. I do think. Sky Moore even not being there is helping them. It's it's turned into mostly MVS, Rasheed Rice, you know, Travis Kelsey, and that's kind of it, as well as the backs out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, and that's just enough. They're running the ball well. They're kind of just doing what they need to do, and they're led by, you know, one of the best coaches and, and probably the best quarterback, definitely the best quarterback in the league. Um. So, I mean, they have a real shot against against the Ravens. Again, I keep hinting at these predictions, but we will get into them. Um, but, yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to take out of this game. Um, you know, the Chiefs are just incredible at the end of the day. Like, you know, we were talking about this team basically all year. Like, oh, yeah, you know, this team's just not going to be good enough. You know, these receivers aren't good enough. And it's like, it's boom it just like they just clicked i mean it, it's pretty remarkable you know offensively they kind of just did what they wanted in this game for the most part i mean they it probably was a should have been a larger you know win for them than it was obviously you had nicole hardman fumbling the ball out of the end zone i don't know what they were doing there getting I, i'm sick of this shit where these players are getting these teams are getting so cute at the one yard line it happened in the lions game too they threw like three passes at the one and i'm just like and then you run it in right out for a touchdown. I'm like, what, what are we doing? Like, it's just like, I get it, but it's like, I don't because it's just stupid. And it's like, I, I don't understand that. I'm sick of this. You know, it, it feels like that shit never works, too. It feels like we're always like, oh, well, man, you know, another failed play at the one. You know, it's, I don't know. I'm going on a rant there, but that was stupid. Um, that was really their only mistake, though. I mean, defensively, they played lights out, um, you know. 
The Bills' defense wasn't very good. Josh Allen played an incredible game. He was perfect. Um, you know, he's such a, a tank with his legs. I mean, he is a machine. But feels like he's kind of unstoppable inside the five when they do those design runs. Like, he's going in no matter what. Um, he's a beast. You know, Diggs, I don't know if he's washed or what the deal is, but, you know, his production, you know, I think he went, like, nine straight games in the year under, like, 90 yards or something like that. Like, he just, like – it just went like up and then straight down, like a big drop on a roller coaster. Like it was, it's very weird. I don't know. I was looking into it for a, a, a article I was writing for a class actually. And, you know, I don't think they can really, either of them can get out of it because I think if they trade him, there's so much dead money. If they, tra- they you know, they're not going to cut him. So it's just, I think he's going to be there next year, um, no matter what. So we'll see. I think this game, you know, we're going to talk about the Chiefs more. Real quick on the Bills, I just think this team isn't good enough. And I've said it the last few years. I, I've been sick of this media hype. I, I've talked about it a hundred times. I feel like I talk about it every week because I just I'm, it just bothers the crap out of me. How the Buffalo Bills for the last three years have been, you know, the media's team basically. And I understand they got a fun fan base, Josh Allen, cool quarterback. But year in and year out, we've just seen that this team isn't good enough. It's just it's something else every year. This year, you know as much as we were concerned about Josh's turnovers, like he didn't turn over the ball once in the playoffs. Like it wasn't even Josh. This defense is old at this point. It's just not that good. Uh, the receivers are like, you know, fine. But like if Gabe Davis is a free agent now, if Diggs is really like past his prime, then it's like, you're really in trouble there. You know, I don't know what they should do because obviously you, you know, you don't want a full rebuild, but it's like, I, I just think there needs to be change. I think they need to get young, like the Kansas City Chiefs did, you know, you look at the Chiefs, I guess it was before last season, you know, they rebuilt their entire defense pretty much in terms of, you know, the secondary with McDuffie, with Sneed, with all these guys, with, you know, they signed Justin Reed a few years ago, you know, you draft Karloftis, um, you know, they rebuilt their entire defense, which they had to, they rebuilt their entire offensive line, which they had to. And I just think the Bills are at that point where it's like, okay, this has not worked. You need to get younger because at the end of the day, this old group of veterans is not working on defense. It hasn't worked for five years and they just need to move on from a lot of these guys, from the Jordan Poyers, from the Micah Hyde's, from the Von Millers, you know, maybe, you know, Matt Milano suffered a season ending injury. So did Tredavious White. What do those guys got left in the tank? You know, they're probably 29, 30 years of age. It's a tough spot to be in, um, but I really think they need a reset defensively, especially in, even some, you know, on the offense, look at the, you know, young guys they've drafted recently in, you know, offensively, James Cook, Dalton Kincaid, both of them are absolute studs. Like, I just think they're, they need a new, some new life injected into them because this current roster is not good enough and it will not be good enough to win a Super Bowl if they stick with it. So that's my little spiel on the bills. Um, I'm good to move on, but yeah, that's, I just wanted to put that in there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, moving on to the championship game, starting off with the AFC, we have the Chiefs going to Baltimore. Um, I'm really excited for this game. I think, I think I predict. Yeah, I think I predicted this one. So in our, I in think our we both did. We both did. Yeah, I yeah. think we both did. Um, so good on us for that. Um, and I think I said which I, I stand by, you know, this is a, a matchup of great quarterbacks, but it, what it really might come down to is which is the better defense because these are two really good defenses. Um, and I really like what you said about how the Chiefs kind of rebuilt their team. Um, 
you know, basically the whole defense is new besides Chris Jones. Um, and yeah. like you said, similar with the offensive line, and it's kind of true with the Ravens. Um, they kind of had a a core of veterans that are mostly gone now. Um, especially on the defensive end, and you know the new blood with you know Marlon Humphrey and some veterans, and you know some kind of bottom of the roster type guys who are really performing. And then, you know, some guys they've drafted as well. Like, you know, they just have completely rebuilt their defense as well over the last few years. They didn't really have a period where it was particularly bad, but yeah. um, it certainly hasn't been as good as it, as it is this year. So I'm really excited for this one. For my prediction, I do lean Ravens, but I, I really don't want to pick against the Chiefs. Like, it's yeah. it's really tough. Um, my official <laughs> pick will, will be the Ravens, but I just like feel like I'm setting myself up by betting against Mahomes right here. Um, yeah. you know, I don't. I just don't think he goes scorched earth against this Ravens defense, and I think Lamar might be able to get enough, just enough points out of out of this team to kind of rescue them. Um, I do think that. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> I apologize. I do think that the over-under in this game is a bit high, and I think the over-under in the Lions-Niners game is a bit low. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this is like a, you know, Justin Tucker four field goals, uh, you know, Lamar one rushing touchdown. Mahomes gets like a touchdown and they get three field goals, it's like 1960, something like that. Like, not that these offenses are bad. I just think it's elite defenses against solid offenses with great quarterbacks. Um, you know, yeah. obviously that's way too broad of a way to summarize it, it, you know, fully, but that gives a good idea to who these teams are. And they are pretty fundamentally similar when you look at it that way. Um, yeah, so I mean Ravens. I, I know that's going to bite me in the ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, what about you? I'm picking the Chiefs, even though I need the uh, the Ravens for, I think, the bracket we're, we're both still in. I need them to make the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I can't pick against the Chiefs. I'm a big Chiefs guy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I've kind of, with the Jets and the Browns' success the last few years, I've kind of latched on to the chiefs a little bit and just i'm a big fan of uh you know mahomes and kelsey and them and they've just really put it all together i mean i think you look at buffalo that game and you know first road game the media makes such a big deal out of this and everyone oh you know mahomes has never played a road game how's it gonna go and it's just like it doesn't fucking matter like it's patrick mahomes like like i'm sorry like it's like those these narratives that they said are just like so stupid um but Kansas City is, you know, weirdly enough, they almost have better offensive weapons, like the top tier, I guess you could say. I mean, I think Rasheed Rice and Zay Flowers are probably pretty close, and I guess Kelsey and Andrews are too. So, you know, it's pretty similar, I guess. Um, but I think the one difference, you know, for Kansas City has got to be Isaiah Pacheco. They got to establish him early. They did that against Buffalo. He was running wild, and, and it just really opens up the passing game, I think, when Buffalo – or whatever team has to focus so much on the run. Obviously, this Ravens defense is a lot better than the Bills one, and you got to take it seriously. I mean, they have not allowed any points to basically anyone all year. 
Um, so, you know, I think the key though is Mahomes, you know, and it sounds stupid, but you know, he just feels like a master in the playoffs of not giving the ball away of making that, you know, extra play, the play, you know, after the plays supposed to be done the play. I don't even know the play after the play, after the play, he just makes things happen at the end of the day. And I think against the Ravens defense, that's what it takes to win is you need some kind of crazy shit to happen. And I feel like that's just going to happen. Obviously, like, I feel like everything on paper tells you, tells me to kind of pick the Ravens, but I just think Mahomes has done it so many times. And I just think we're going to see it again. Kelsey looks pretty good last week as well. I think, you know, he's kind of coming alive. Rasheed Rice, you know, had a strong game, not the best. Maybe he even goes out even more, but it's going to be a dog fight. I mean, Marlon Humphrey is going to be back. Joe Thune is going to be out. Um, I mean, shit, like it's going to be crazy. Um, the Ravens very well could, I don't know, I don't want to say blow out, but like it, the Ravens could win by 20. I don't think the Chiefs can win by 20. I think the Chiefs win close, probably within six points. So, um, yeah, that's probably my prediction. I'd probably say 24 21, 24-20 would be my prediction for this one. Um, Chiefs, I don't know. It's a little sketchy, but I think that defense has proven it's so good. It can play with the best of them. And, I'm just not betting against Mahomes at the end of the day. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, that's uh, that's super fair. Um, second game, we have um, the Lions heading heading to San Francisco. I don't know why this popped up in my mind, but do you see the clip where they asked Shanahan, like, oh, will the 12th yeah. man be a factor? That's so, so petty, but I kind of like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's actually, that's funny. Yeah, that's good so, though. I feel like football, like the rivalries are like, like it's not yeah. like you know college football where it's like super, super intense. I feel like you know it's obviously between fans. You know, as a Philly fan, I think you'd know. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but no, I'd like, I like to see it. that. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, no, I like it too. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I think, I think this is going to be just a game where it's very clear what the Lions are going to need going into this offseason. It's just a few more guys on defense who can really make a big impact, kind of regardless of where they actually are. Um, you just need guys who are going to be really good at what they do. Um, it's not like they have any huge weaknesses necessarily. I mean, I guess you kind of need a corner, but... Besides that, it's not like anything where it's like, oh, we're super screwed at this position. It's just a bunch of things where it's like, oh, we could really use a stud at this position. Um, So and that being, you know, the reason I bring that up is I just think the Niners are going to score like every possession, to be honest. I mean, I just I don't see a way that the that the Lions are really able to consistently get stops. I'd love to be wrong. I am rooting for the Lions this week very heavily. Um, but I just, I just don't see it happening on the defensive end. I don't, I don't even know if they can hold them under like 30 points. And like, that's just such a big ask for the offense. Like, you know, maybe it's 27, but I don't see it being much less than that, to be honest. Um, and even that is a big ask for your offense. Um, so I do think the Lions are able to score in this game. I do think the Niners defense is a little bit like a little bit better on paper than it is in reality. Um not not by much, but I think on paper it's like 
the second or third best defense, and in reality, it's like the seventh or eighth best defense. I, I I'm kind of just saying that to be honest. <laughs> I don't have any like evidence to back that up. I just don't feel like I watch them and think it's impossible to score on this team, like I do yeah. with a team like the Ravens, for example. Um, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I am going to take the Niners here. I do think it's pretty high scoring. I'll say 31-23 or something like that. The same score from last week that the Lions had. Oh, yeah, that is. Oh, that feels very fitting. That feels <laughs> very fitting. Um, yeah. Maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll chuck a dollar on 31-23 correct <laughs> score. Um, yeah, that, that's all I have to say about this game. But I'm I'm excited for both these games. Yeah, I'm picking the Niners, too. I think this one is more chalk than the other one, but that probably means the Lions are going to the Super Bowl. So, congrats, Detroit. Um, yeah, I just think the Niners are probably too good at this point. I think it's their year. Um, and you brought it up earlier, and I, I wanted to mention it. Like, you know, the Niners, like, this is kind of the best shot they're going to have for a little bit. Like, and not obviously, they're going to be really good next year and the year after that. But, like, you know, they've kind of ha- they've had this core for a few years now, and – Albeit last year, they kind of got screwed over with the Purdy, you know, injury in the championship game. And, you know, before that, you know, they were right up there. I mean, they made the Super Bowl one year with Jimmy G. They were in the championship game. Another, like, this is a team that's been right there for a while. Feels like this is kind of the year, you know, the opportunity to do it. I mean, once the Cowboys and Eagles went down right away, it was like, okay, well, you know, for a while, that was the two big, biggest threats. Obviously, the Lions are kind of that sneaky team, that faded destiny team. But, I feel like we don't really see that as much in the NFL as we do like the MLB, you know, that's more a baseball thing. I think where it's like the lions were like in, in the MLB right now in the equivalent, I'd be, picking be the lions 100%. yeah, yeah, it'd be like a lock, but you know, in the NFL, it, it does even itself out in the super bowl pretty much. I feel like all the time, like we don't really see like, you know, a super heavy underdog, like even the, the, Highest seed I can remember in a while was like the Bucks, but that was like, oh, you have the goat Tom Brady on your team. Like, you know, no shit, you're in the Super Bowl. Um, like, so I don't know. I, I just feel like the Niners are too good. I think they'll get it done. Um, I think Purdy will have a big game to silence the doubters. And like you said kind of earlier, like even if Devo doesn't play, I think they'll be more game planned for it, at least, and prepared. Whereas when you're in the game and that happens, sometimes I think, you know, obviously can throw you off and they may have had a very heavy Debo game plan where it's like, then that goes out the window. It's like, well, shit, like we got to figure it out. But, you know, they did and they won the game. And, you know, I think Christian McCaffrey will have a big game. Um, You know, they just got to do a good job of, I think the one key on this defense is like Aiden Hutchinson has been a tank these last few weeks. Like you got to block him and figure him out. Like you cannot let him get to Brock Purdy because he will wreak havoc, you know, force fumbles and whatnot. So, you know, that's, that's it. Um, I'm picking the Niners. So, Niners Chiefs Super Bowl is what I'm predicting. Dev's got Niners Ravens. It should be a good a good weekend of football, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um quickly just want to touch on a couple of the head coaching hirings. Um we had Raheem Morris to the Falcons. Um we had Brian Callahan to the Titans and we had um Harbaugh to the Chargers. Um, yes, I can never. Remember. Is it? He's. It's John, right? It's Jim. <laughs> it's Jim. Oh my God! Wow, that's embarrassing. I always. And then we also had what, what's his name? Todd. Is it Todd? It's not Todd. No, Todd Bonk is the who's the new Panthers head coach. Dave Canales. 
Okay, yeah, he got hired too. Yes, he also got hired. Um, I'll keep it short on the on the non Harbaugh ones. Um, you know, I think, I think Canales is the best hire you could have made to really get the best out of Bryce Young, which is what matters the most. So. I don't know a ton about Canales besides he's really helped two quarterbacks resurrect their career. Obviously Bryce Young is super young, so it's not a resurrection, but he needs to break out pretty soon um, yeah. and kind of carry the Panthers because we know that offense isn't going to carry him. Um, I think Raheem Morris to the Falcons, I think everyone was kind of expecting it to be Belichick. I kind of get why they didn't want to go with like a 73 year old head coach who seems pretty stuck in his ways and might not be the best at as a GM, which he probably wouldn't be, but still would have some impact there. So I get why they're giving Raheem Morris a chance there. Um, Brian Callahan to the Titans. I really like what he's done. I kind of have some gut feeling that there might be a bit of a Shane Steichen effect with him leaving um I just I don't know why again I I'm kind of basing this out of nothing which is the worst <laughs> thing to say on a podcast um but it's I just like feeling. that's all like, it is sometimes sometimes it's just industry. a gut it's all feeling bullshit, yeah. man like Stephen A and all them are like that half of it's just a fucking gut feeling yeah no that's true I mean but anyway that gut feeling was that I think Brian Callahan did do a bit more for this offense than people realized. Um, I, I guess the, there is some reasoning. I, I think that the reasoning behind that would be he was the one who decided to kind of change the running game midway through the 2022 season, which really, really helped them. Um, they kind of switched to a more like power focused and shotgun focused passing offense, which really helped their team overall. So I guess I don't know. I'm excited. And, and again, it's a young quarterback you're really trying to develop. So getting a good offensive mind really makes sense to me. Um, and then Harbaugh to the Chargers. This is the big one. Um, yeah, I mean, he's done a really good job of getting great coordinators, motivating his team, obviously recruiting, which will be different now. Um, but you expect that to leak over in terms of, you know, free agents wanting to come play for them, potentially even some fans, um, which I doubt because it's some fans, <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, trying to develop a Quentin Johnson, you know, even though he's not necessarily an X's and O's guys, just knowing how to get the best out of his players, which he's shown he can do. Um, so I, I like this hiring. I will say like, I don't think it's this surefire perfect fit because I yeah. think what the Chargers needed is really someone who's going to get the best out of Justin Herbert. And I don't think that's necessarily Harbaugh, but I do think he can surround himself with the right coordinators to do that. Um, My guess would be, has it been announced who's getting the Michigan coaching job yet? It's got to be Sharon Morrill. I mean, it could be Jesse Minter, I guess, too. But yeah, one of so I was going to say, could either of those guys, if they don't get it, maybe come with him? I, I don't know. I've heard a lot yeah. of talk about Minter as a DC um, somewhere. I heard a lot about it as about the Eagles, who obviously hired Vic Fangio. Um, not obviously. I don't know why I'm talking about that. It's a like, huge headline. Uh, but <laughs> It was yeah. pretty big. It was in there. Yeah, it was pretty big. pretty big for a yeah. DC, at least. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I besides the like perfect fit idea, I think he's gonna get cor- good coordinators. I think he's gonna, you know, get the culture this team needs. Kind of stop the Chargers from charging, which is a really big thing. Um, so I like this hire. I'm sure it's massive amount of money, but that just to me, all that says is that this owner is dedicated to winning, which is really important. Um, so I like this hire. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll only touch on Harbaugh. I mean, I think the other guys are like, kind of like you said, like, obviously it's tough for us to kind of talk about it. You know, we don't know the, the ins and outs of, you know, their operations per se, but, you know, all seem like great, great candidates, guys who deserve the job. So it's good to see. Um, you know, especially first time head coaches. I think it's always fun. You know, we had this, you know, this pool this year um, of, you know, guys like Rabel who, you know, maybe he might not even get a job at this point. It's kind of unclear. Um, you know, Ben Johnson, it feels like the commanders have got to be getting Ben Johnson. Like that's got to be a done deal. It feels like, um, but you know, Rabel, Belichick, Pete Carroll, all these guys, Harbaugh included, obviously he got a job, but like these former head coaches who have coached for a while and, you know, teams are opting for for younger first-time head coaches, and I think that's kind of what we're starting to see is, you know, you look at the success of, of a lot of these coaches, not that Belichick, obviously, you know, Pete Carroll, those guys are still winning very late in their careers, but, you know, these new young offensive minds or defensive minds are, are really being valued. I mean, you look at the McVay-Shanahan group and, you know, LaFleur McDaniel attached to them, um, D'Amico Ryan's a, another example on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I think teams are looking for kind of those next guys. Shane Steichen, great first year head coach. Kevin Stefanski, uh, you know, relatively young. It feels like he's old for this point for head coach. Um, so it's interesting to see kind of the the switch. Whereas I feel like a few years ago, um, you know, Belichick and Pete Carroll, guys like that, would have been gobbled up, paused within a, a few seconds. But um, yeah, I think that the Harbaugh and the Chargers felt inevitable. I think it was a good landing spot. I think that that team needed just some sort of you know, tough leader to kind of come in. It, it felt like it's felt like things have been off the rails there for a while. I think Herbert, um, you know, needed that. I think it'll be good for him. That team does have some reconstructing of the offense to do. You know, Austin Eckler, I think, is gone. Um, Keenan Allen's getting up there in age. Mike Wills coming off torn ACL or Achilles. I know they signed him off to a big deal, so he's still going to be there. But um, they need a tight end. I know Brock Bowers is getting mocked to them religiously in all the mock drafts I've seen, um, which we'll be doing our mock drafts. Not yet, but coming soon, so stay tuned for that. That's always a fun time of the year. Um, But, yeah, I think this team, you know, there's work to be done. This isn't, you know, they're not going to walk in and and be Super Bowl contenders. But, look, when you got Justin Herbert and Jim Harbaugh paired together, um, you know, success is going to be expected. So I think two, three years from now, we can come back and reevaluate this. But, um, yeah, it's an exciting hire. I think it's the right move. Um, you know, good to see Harbaugh back in the NFL. I think it's been clear he's wanted to be back in the NFL, despite what he would say publicly. Um, and for Michigan, I think it'll be interesting. I think you got to hire one of Moore or um, Jesse Minter. I mean, they seem like both great candidates that have proven to lead great units. So, you know, and I, I feel like if you hire one of those guys, you know, I don't think we're going to see many Michigan guys transfer out, which now with the transfer portal, as we've seen with Alabama's roster, which is basically barren at this point, um, you know, it, it is big. So, I mean, Michigan already had basically the whole team going to the draft this year. So doesn't really matter for them. But, yeah, that's all I got with the hardball hire. Um, real quick to end things off, 
To the NBA we go. Uh, Joel Embiid this week, what was it, 71 points, I believe, or 70. 70? 70. 70 right? I think it was just plain 70. Just a normal 70, light 70 burger. Cat had 62 the same night. Um, you know, the Knicks have been playing really well. The Bucks fired their head coach, which is kind of crazy. And then they were dancing about it the next day. Um, I mean, the NBA is kind of just one of those, you know, it just makes you laugh. Some of the stuff you see in the NBA regular season, they hired doc rivers, the Bucks, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, your thoughts on kind of everything that transpired this week, kind of pick on what you want to touch on. You're the, the NBA guy. So I'll leave it to you. Yeah, I'll start with the Doc Rivers hire. Um, man, did that put a smile on my face. I, mean, <laughs> I watched this guy just end my team's seasons for three straight years, <laughs> throw his players under the bus, then hop on a podcast and say something that pretty much meant the players did something wrong. And he said on multiple occasions, he's basically outed himself as a bad coach. He's basically said... I, you know, there were some personality issues with the Lob City Clippers that, you know, we just were never going to win a title with them. Hey, Doc, you're a personality manager, head coach. Not only is that one of the responsibilities of a head coach, that is like literally what you're supposed to be known for. You're not, you know, some schematic guy, some, you know, guy who gets the best out of his players. You are a guy who is known to manage personalities well. Why, you know, why I, I just I just don't get it. And I don't know what the Bucks were thinking. I honestly I didn't disagree. I didn't agree with the hire to the decision to hire a first year head coach, because if you get into a situation where it doesn't even look like he's a bad coach, but he just might be a little in over his head like Adrian Griffin is. um, You're going to have to think about firing him. So I just don't get why. Three months ago, they would go from we need to hire this guy to now it's like we're second in the East and we're firing him like yeah. now now that there's no veteran coaches on the market. um. So I question a lot of that. I, I just don't think Doc Rivers is going to be the guy that leads this team to a championship. So I'm I'm significantly lower on the bucks than I was last week. I'll be honest. Um, and beat is incredible, man. I mean, I, I see people hating on Twitter. It's, it's a lot of how many free throws did he get? And he's a foul merchant and, you know, wait till the playoffs. That's a big thing. And it's like, guys, he scored 70 points. Like, can we just appreciate that? Like, like this is not as a Sixers fan. I know I am a big Sixers fan. I'm a big Joel Embiid fan, but genuinely when a dude scores 70 points, the only thing we should be saying is, holy shit, like, yeah. come on, like, it's 70 points in one basketball game. Like, that's like three quarters of play, basically, for most teams. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I mean, I can remember a time in my life where some teams didn't even score 70 points in a game. You watch a college basketball game, a lot of the times teams aren't scoring 70. So, I just... It's just very impressive. Um, you know, that's all that's all I really have to say about that. I, I am in a sense kind of waiting for the playoffs with this Sixers team because I know this is a really good regular season team, and I know this team's season is rightfully gonna be judged based on what they do in the playoffs. I do think they need another ball handler now that Terry Rozier is off the market. I 
I really think the attention should shift to a, a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, like I brought up last week. Um, you know, I just think you need somebody in the non-maxi minutes to really pair with Embiid. And then you can also get a guy who could play with them both, be a good shooter, be a good defender. You know, I'm just really in on the the idea of a Brogdon fit for this team. Um, what else... What else happened? What else did we want to talk about? Um, I mean, those those are definitely the two biggest things. I mean, yeah. the Knicks I kind of brought up are oh are yeah, the well. Knicks. Yeah, I'll touch on the Knicks. I think I think they're another team that needs a ball handler when Brunson's on the bench. They haven't gotten to the point where they're always having one of Brunson or Randall on the court, which I get because you don't really trust Randall. But when you don't trust Randall you know, you start to say to yourself, well, who's our second scoring option? And I think, you know, ideally it would be a third scoring option that you're adding because in theory, Randall can still at least be like an 18 to 20 point per game guy in the playoffs. Um, you know, but in reality, he might have to be the second option some nights, which is okay when you have a player of Jalen Brunson's caliber and the, you know, quality of role players they have. But it's going to be tough when Brunson's probably not, you know, quite a top 10, 15 player in the league and you don't have this great number two option and the rest of the guys are kind of role players. So I just really think you could use another guy. I, I don't know who that is. Is Levine possibly available in some world? You know, could you get him for cheap? Could you, I I don't know. I, again, I come back to Brogdon. I think, that's a possibility for them as well. So they're certainly playing well. I do have some questions about them. I also just think the East is really good. I think I'd still take the Celtics and Sixers as well as probably the Heat and Bucks over the Knicks. But, and and some people may disagree with the, with the Heat, but the Heat, I mean, come on, it's the Heat. Like, we know they're going to make yeah. it in the playoffs than we think. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is the year that they don't do well because I'm predicting them to do well. But I've <laughs> learned this lesson with the Heat nah. that they're not to be messed with in the playoffs. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think the Knicks are a really good team. And I think they they just keep making moves that that spur them slightly forward. And they're just slowly getting their way closer and closer to title contention which is a really like satisfying and well built out way to do things they have a lot of good contracts a lot of tradable contracts and they have probably the best value non-rookie contract in the nba and jalen brunson who's an absolute star making 25 you know to it gets up to like 27 or 28 million a year i mean that is a bargain contract in today's nba so I'm excited to see what the Knicks do. Um, and those are mostly my thoughts on the NBA. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you cover much more in depth than I can. But, um, you know, I'll touch a, a little bit. You know, Milwaukee, I think, you know, I just think, you know, why did they fire their coach in the first place? Budenholzer. Yeah. Like, like, it's like, what are you doing? That's, like, that's he, he was great. He won a championship there. And they just fired him kind of randomly. And it's like. Seemed like him and Giannis had a good relationship, but now it's like now you just fired your coach midway through the year when it's like you're like what number two in the East? <laughs> like it's like it doesn't even seem like any. Obviously, they all hated the guy. I mean, they were dancing like over his grave yesterday in the pregame <laughs> warmups. But um, you know, it's just like 
I don't understand what they're doing. Now you bring in Doc Rivers, you're paying like a gazillion dollars. It's like, well, now you're paying three coaches. You could have just paid the one that was the coach of the year that won you a championship. I mean, just incompetency. Um, so that was stupid. Um, yeah, the Knicks are playing well. It's, you know, there's a part of me that's a little bit of a Knicks hater growing up, you know, at, and going to the school where we went to. There's a little toxic culture there where, you know, Katie, Kyrie, Zion were all coming. Then it was, you know, I mean, they ran through basically everyone in the league. They thought they were getting. But, um, you know, and it ended up being that, you know, the non-big-name superstars is what's worked for them. These guys like Jalen Brunson, OG Anubi, Ananubi. Uh, I probably still watch that. Uh, how do you – OG – what is Ananobi, it? Ananobi, I believe. Ananobi, that's it, yeah. yeah. And an OG Ananobi. Um, bit of a tongue twister. But, like, yeah, those guys, Randall, who they bashed for, like, basically every year has been good. Like, they figured it out. And, you know, I, I think can they win a championship? I kind of talked about in the NFL where it's, like, you're kind of in this, like, mediocre land. And it's, like, they're teetering above that because they're, like, the four seed. But it's, like, do I really think they're going to go win a championship? Probably not. But, like, Jalen Brunson is really good. And it's, like, if he gets hot for a playoff series with their defense, like, they got a shot low-key. Um so good on the Knicks. And then, um, yeah, I mean, Embiid, man. Like, I was seeing the videos of, you know, him checking out Wemby or, like, measuring himself up with Wemby pregame. Um, and I was like, oh, like, I wonder how he's been doing recently, not realizing the game was, like, fully underway. And I go to the stats. I type in Joel Embiid stats into Google, and it comes up. And the first one's like, oh, like, 16 minutes, like, 34 points. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, and I'm like, is this like the whole like what is going on? And I go to the game and they're like the second quarter he's got like forty points. I'm like holy shit, um, crazy seventy points. I mean it's absolutely ridiculous. You know when Cat was like, if Cat kept like shooting and 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 you know scoring like he would have passed seventy, which is even crazier. Um, obviously they lost the game where Cat scored sixty two, which is crazy too. But um, you know, that's the NBA. That's the, it's crazy that Timberwolves are also the one seed in the West. I mean, that's just – I don't know if they're fraudulent. They, I mean, they got some damn good players oh, on that. Oh, team. they're fraudulent. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so, I guess they're fraudulent. I'll trust my expert on that. But, um, yeah, man, like uh, a, a crazy week. Good to see, you know, Kevin Durant's reaction was funny to it too. So, um, yeah, I mean, the NBA is uh, full of fun moments for sure. Um yeah, that's kind of all I got with that. So if you don't got anything more and want to wrap it up, that works for me. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, no, fun episode this week. Uh, you know, more NFL and NBA. Next week we'll cover um obviously the championships. Uh the trade deadline will be approaching. I my guess is I oh no, I think it'll be no, I think it's two weeks. Mm. No, maybe it's a week. I don't know. It's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. So we will either have recently passed the trade deadline or be within a week of the trade deadline. So my guess is some moves will have been made by that point. Um, Getting closer and closer to MLB season, closer and closer to NFL draft season, of course, looking forward to some mock drafts, some free agency, you know, stuff, some trades. Yeah. There's always some crazy trades. So looking forward to that. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment. Comment who your favorite co-host is if you're still watching <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah. yeah, so thank you for watching.